Well, good morning. I, too, am glad to be with you this morning. Appreciate the band and the job they do and the music they pick. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Malachi. We're going to be in two books this morning. Uh, we're going to be in Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. And we're going to be in, uh, we're going to be in, in First Chronicles. Uh, Malachi and First Chronicles is where we're going to be at this morning. We have been in a series um, called The Blessed Life where we have been uh, looking at, um, you know what, it's not Second, First Chronicles, it's Second Chronicles. So Second Chronicles uh, chapter 21 is where, we'll, is where we're going to be at. Um, but we are in a series called uh, The Blessed Life, and, and so if you've been, I tell you what, I am all kinds of messed up this morning. You ever have one of those mornings like you just wake up and like nothing's on the right page and nothing's turned where, where it should be? Let's try this again. If you have your Bibles, uh, <laughs> Malachi chapter 3, 2 Chronicles 31. 2 Chronicles 31. That will be the last uh, scripture reference I give in attempting to get us in the right place this morning. Um, but uh, we've been in this series called The Blessed Life, and it's about living uh, a life that, that God, uh, God blesses. And so we've, it, 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 we as a church, we try to go through things in the Bible and, and we, that, that we think will help us in our faith and our life. We want our faith to strengthen. We want our prayer life to be increased. We, we want to know what God's word says to us so that we can have the best life possible. Now, a lot of times, uh, you, we can deal with topics that can be uh, uncomfortable for us to talk about. And this particular topic has been one that we've been on for the last uh, three of the last four weeks, and that is the, the topping of tithing or giving. And so we spent the first week, we looked at uh, uh, Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And we talked about how he received Jesus, that he received Jesus joyfully. And because of how he received Jesus, he was able to give in the same way, to give uh, joyously and graciously. And then we spent some time talking about first things first, about the, the priority of, of the tithe. And that, you know, in the Old Testament, God talks about the first fruits and the, and the, and the firstborn and, and the importance of that and the significance of that. And so we spent some time uh, looking at how the tithe or the tenth that God asks us to give is the first of our of our paycheck. The second or the third week, um, we talked about uh, you know having a, 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 our heart. That it is a heart issue. That that it's not just that maybe God commands. It is biblical that we give, but it's more so a heart issue than it is anything else. And so this week we're going to kind of wrap this series all up uh, it, with a with one called what test. Uh, how many of you guys remember uh, being? In, well, you may not have been. You may have been a better student than I was. But you remember walking into class and like you're, you're getting all your books put away and, the, and, and, your, and your buddy that's sitting next to you says, hey, are you ready? And you say, ready for what? And they say, the test. And you go, what test? Right? You forget that you forgot there was a test or you didn't study for the test or maybe you hoped that morning you were going to wake up and that test wasn't going to, you know, that maybe the teacher was going to find some generosity or some graciousness. But it's this idea of, of, of what test. And so uh, you may know that, uh, you may not know that you take a test every time you get paid. Um, and, and the question, and the test question is this. It's kind of like 1A, 1B. Whom are you going to thank for your income? And whom are you going to worship in response to your income? 
And an easy way for us to know the answer to that is where do you spend your money first? Where do the first fruits of every paycheck go? And so what I want us to do this morning is, is, is to me, it's the, the, the whole idea of giving is a heart idea. Now, let me just make something clear to you. Uh, and and I've, I've made this statement every week, but in case you've not been here, we are not broke. Okay? This is not a deal where the church needs your money. If you don't tithe this morning, we're not going to have enough to pay the light bill. It is not that at all. In fact, over the last 12 months, giving is at about well, it's at the high for the time that I've been here. Um, and so this is not a, 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 a series about how the church needs your money. This is a series about us placing God in the proper place in our lives in every area of our life. It is about our relationship with him. We sang some songs this morning about you know, the presence of the Lord and, and, and it is well with my soul and, and how I get things to be well with my soul as I follow where God's leading me because we can, I, well, I don't want to get too far ahead. So let me just say this. It's a faith thing. And if we believe that God is wise and we believe that God is good and we believe that God wants the best for us, then we look at everything he has to say and we begin applying those things to our life. And so if we believe that this morning, we're gonna turn to God's word and we're gonna see what God's word has to say and we're gonna begin this morning in Malachi chapter three. So if you would, uh, let's bow in prayer. And let's go to the Lord together this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, and, and we just want to take the time this morning to profess that you are good, uh, that you are uh, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-ever-present. Um, Lord, you are all things. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that we have a God who is bigger than we can imagine or bigger than we can fathom. I thank you that, that you invite us into a relationship with you and that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever hope or imagine. Because that's the God that we serve. And Lord, we have, and Lord, I'm thankful that you are so gracious to us. Lord, you bless us in ways that, that we do not uh, even come close to deserving. But God, you love us and you bless us. And Father, as we walk in obedience to you, your word tells us that, that, that heaven opens up, Lord, and you fill our cups to overflowing. And so, Father, we pray this morning that. You would help us to, to understand that you are wise and, Lord, that, that, that it works when we do things your way. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us wisdom this morning. I pray that you would give us discernment. I pray that the ears of our heart would be opened up, that we'd receive your word today, that this is not my word, but it is your word, Father, and you would help us to receive that. And, Father, I also uh, know this morning that sometimes life has a way of... of, 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 of uh, just getting, getting underneath, well, I don't know how to put it. Lord, it just has a way of, of just really attacking us. And Lord, I know this morning that there are some here today that they've got loved ones in the hospital, that loved ones have, have, have passed away, Lord. And, and Lord, there's just burdens and there's life and there's stressors and there's things that, that we feel like that, that, that are, are beyond our control. They are beyond our control, Father, and we're just not real sure what to do. And Father, I, I pray this morning that you would help us to understand that, that you are the God who sees, that you are the, the God who sees us where we're at in our, in our current condition, and God, you are, are working in and about, Lord, to, to bring about blessing, to bring about hope, to bring about peace, to bring about comfort, Lord, to meet the needs of your people. 
And so, Father, I pray this morning that, that as we dive into your word and as we study it, Lord, that you would help us to understand that, that when it comes to giving, Lord, you set the tone, that you set the example, that there is no greater giver in our lives than you are, whether it's the giver of grace, the giver of peace, the giver of comfort, or the giver of encouragement. Lord, you are all those things to us. And so, Father, we thank you for that this morning. Lord, we lift up those this morning whose hearts are burdened today. God, that you would meet their needs as only you can. And we ask all these things in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 is where we're going to be at this morning. Uh, we're going to be in reading in, in verse 6. And he says this. He says, For I, the Lord, do not what? Change. I do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your, the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. He says, return to me and I will return to you. Now that little phrase there, return to me and I will return to you, is a theme of the whole book of Malachi. Uh, in, in, in chapter 1, it's return, God saying, return to me in faith. In chapter 2, he's saying, return to me in your families. Chapter 3, return to me in your finances. Chapter 4 is when we see, as they begin to turn back to God, how God turns back to them. So that's pretty well like this topic of, of, of this book of Malachi. He says, return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. And then Jesus gets rhetorical. He says, but you say, how shall we return? To which God replies, will man rob God, yet you are robbing me. And he says, well, and then you would respond, well, how are we robbing you, God? And God says this, in your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. And he says in verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And therefore, put me to the test, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, and I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and, the, and, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts, and then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts." Now, I, 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 as I was reading this passage, it's one that, that, that any time I've ever heard a pastor talk about giving, this is the passage that I hear them preach about, this Malachi chapter 3. And as I was reading through this, I, I want us to understand something. This isn't Malachi talking to, to, to the people. It is God speaking to the people. Did you catch how many times he said, said the Lord of hosts, said the Lord of hosts, said the Lord of hosts? And so he wants them to understand uh, that, that this is God saying these things. But he makes a, a statement in here that I'd never really caught before. And he says, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes. Or another translation reads, from my ordinances. And, and what, are, what do those words mean? Well, if we were to kind of break those, down, those words down, it would mean this, that uh, it is a principle of ordinary behavior. That a statute or an, or, or an ordinance would be a, 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 a principle of ordinary behavior. That it is, God's saying it is ordinary, it is normal for God's people to thank God for their harvest and for their income. It's a principle of ordinary behavior. Now, this whole series has been kind of predicated on this, on, on this verse, that, this statement that Jesus makes, where he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Now, I want you to notice something. Uh, if, you, if you turn back to Malachi chapter 3, look at verse 13. Again, this is God speaking, and it's kind of this, he's asking these questions, or the people are, he's asking the questions that the people are asking. He says this, he says, your words have been hard against me, says the Lord, but you say, how have we spoken against you, God? And listen to what he says in verse 14. God's saying, "You, you people have said it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? So again, we see this concept even in the Old Testament. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Their treasure is not in the tithe and in God's kingdom. That's not where they're... And so what happens? Well, they're, wherever their treasure's going, their heart's falling there. So they're robbing God by not tithing, and now their hearts are saying, well, what's it, what, what, it's vain to, to follow God. It's vain to serve him. Why should we walk in, in, a, in a spirit of mourning? Or why should we? what profit is it uh, to, to walk in mourning before the Lord of hosts? Or what profit is it in keeping our charge? Why serve him? Because our, their hearts were not with him. They're, they were far from him. Their heart, where their treasure was, now their hearts were beginning to follow where their treasures were being placed. And so you see this, this departure from wanting to live in God's presence and wanting to be. Now, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about the presence of God as we begin a new series called uh, One Thing. But here we see that exact thing begin to be is, is, is fleshed out for us in the book of Malachi. Their hearts are far from them. And so, and understand this, the, the, the passage here could not be more plain. If I tithe, I am blessed. If I don't tithe, I am what? What's it say? It says I'm cursed. God's word's not mine. And so, listen, look. Blessing or curse? Blessing or curse? It's not, the, it, it's not that difficult of a question, is it? I mean, I don't want to be cursed. I want to be blessed. And so God says, tells us plainly, this is what happens. God does not want us to be cursed. He wants us to be blessed. But understand this. If we refuse to give, if we rob God, then listen. Then listen. We are voluntarily putting ourselves under a curse. We make that choice. We say, well, how, how, could, how, could God, how could God curse us? God doesn't curse us. When we rebel and we refuse to live as God has called us to live, then we live under a, a curse. Uh, and we live in a cursed world, and God wants to redeem us, including our finances. But, we, but listen, it's a lot like this. If we come to God, we don't come to him and say, God, this is the way that I want you to save me, Right? Do, I, do we determine how salvation works? Or do we understand that God has given his son for us, that our sin has separated us, there was nothing we could do for ourselves. God sin, gives his son as a sacrifice or an atonement for sin that we could have a right relationship with him. And he says, if you want salvation, here's what you do. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You believe that Jesus is the sacrifice, that he is our source of salvation. We don't get to come and dictate and say, well, God, I really don't like that, so in order for me to be saved, here's what I want you to do. And really, that, that's the, the, the standard throughout the scriptures. If we want to live in God's blessings, we live according to God's word. 
And if we want God to redeem our finances, if we want God to bless our finances, then what do we do? We do it according to God's word. And so it takes cooperation on our part, and our cooperation is giving him the first tenth. Now, a tithe is a tenth. And, and, and so what we, we, we learn here is a, a few things, and let's, let's talk about these for real quick. Three things that I want to share with you this morning. Number one is this, tithing is a test. We talked about that kind of at the beginning. Every time we get paid, it's a test. Now, the test is of our faith. Are we going to believe that 90% with God will go farther with his blessing than 100% without? Do I believe that God can take 90% and make it go further with his blessing than I can take 100%? Amen. And that's, the, that's the, the step of faith that we choose to take. Uh, and so it's a test of our faith. But why a tenth? Because, well, it's a, it's a percentage. It is the same for everybody. It's not like, huh, I got an extension on my taxes, just got my taxes back here uh, this past week. Yeah. Um, it's not fair, right? Like there are times like we look at it and we're like, there's no way possible that I should owe that kind of money. But what do I do, I write the check, I send it in. And so there are times, listen, there's no loopholes, there's no get out of it. It's just, listen, God says, I'm gonna make it simple on you, 10%. Now why, or a percentage. Now why 10? Why, why that net number? Why not 20 or why not five? Well, the number 10, if you look through the scriptures, is, is, a, is a number that often refers to testing. Let me, let me give you a little quiz this morning, okay? So you guys talk loud, and, and I'm going to give you a little quiz this morning. How many plagues in Egypt? Ten. How many commandments are there? Ten. Now, you may not have known this, but there's a, a theme developing here, okay? So take that hint, okay? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Ten, right. There's a, okay, so maybe my hint wasn't clear enough. Let me try again, okay? There is a pattern developing here, right? Okay, you with me? You with me? Now, there's some more questions. I know you weren't prepared for a pop quiz, but there's a pattern developing, all right? How many times were jo Jacob's wages changed? Someone's failing the test. How many, how many were there? Ten, right. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? Ten, right. How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation chapter 2? Ten, right. How many disciples were there? Oh, yes. But you get this idea of this ten. It was a you know, it, it refers to some testing that we find in God's word. So tithing is a test. And this passage in Malachi is also the only passage that we find that God says, listen, put me to the test. See if I won't open up the storehouses of heaven and see if I won't pour blessing out on you for in response to your obedience to this. You see, God doesn't want us to live under, the, under a curse. But listen, a curse is the consequence for behavior. Excuse me. A curse is a consequence for behavior. Now, we as believers don't believe that you can live any way you want to and, not, and, and there not be any consequences, right? Can I live any way that I choose and there be no consequences for my actions? No. 
It's crazy to think that. In fact, we don't think that anyway because we have this sense of justice in us. And we talked about this in our series on the book of Job, this sense of justice that wants to, to right wrongs, that, that doesn't want wrongs to even occur. And so we don't believe that you can live any way you want to without consequence. And God tells us there are consequences for not tithing. So tithing is a test. Tithing's also biblical. In fact, I for a long time thought, well, the only passage in Scripture that talks about tithing is Malachi chapter 3. But guess what? I was wrong. So let's look at a few other passages uh, that, that talk about it. Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20 says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out the bread and wine. He was, a pre the, he was priest of, the Most high, of God Most High. And he blessed him, and, and this is with Abraham, it said, and, and blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed uh, be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So we see tithing even before we get it in the law. Genesis 28, 22 says, And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give, you, uh, I will give a full tenth to you. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed and the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. It is set apart. It is to be his. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 when you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, he says in verse 13, he says, Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the sacred portion out of my house, and moreover, I have given it to the Levite, which was the, the tribe of the priests, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, according to, your, to all your commandment, that you have commanded me, and I have not transgressed any of your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten of the tithe while I was in mourning, so I've not misused it. I've not removed any of it while I, I was unclean or offered any of it to the dead, so I've not misused it. Uh, and, and, so he, and he says, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God. I have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the ground that you have given us as you swore to your fathers a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, some of you are, are, are catching on to something. These are all in the Old Testament. And some of you are saying, well, if Jesus would have said to tithe, then I'll tithe. Well, it just so happens that there are some references to tithing in the New Testament. Did you know that? Here's one, Matthew 23, 23. He's talking to the, to the, this is the woe to the scribes. He says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you tithe mint and dill and, and cumin. Now, what he's saying right here is saying, you tithe even these small spices that you're growing in a garden. Like, you give 10% of those. And so he says, he says, uh, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. Now, this is what he says at the end of the verse. These you ought to have done. Now, what are the these you have ought to have done? The, the things you have ought to have done are the things you're doing. You should have tithed, right? These you ought to have done. And he says, without neglecting the others. So you should have done the tithe. But you don't do the tithe in, 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 in substitute for something else that you should be doing. So he's saying, listen, the justice and the mercy and the, and, the, and, the, and the faithfulness, you should have done those as well. 
In Mark chapter 12, he's, he's sitting outside the temple. And we, we looked, about this in our, looked at this in our study of the Gospel of Mark. He's sitting uh, in the temple and, and he's watching all the people dump their coins and, and, and give them the offering. And he called his disciples to them and said, Truly I say to you, uh, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. And he says this, for they all contributed out of their abundance. And what's he mean by that? It means he, they just gave, you know, they may have had, it wasn't a, a percentage, they just gave out of it. So they, as opposed to giving in accordance to, the, his, to their riches. They just gave out of it. So they may have brought in what could have amounted to $2 million, and maybe it was 1% of what they, what they really were bringing in, but it was a lot of money. So they're giving out of their riches and it's interesting that Jesus, or that Paul, ta- refers to, to, to God, and he says God doesn't give uh, out of his riches. He gives to us according to his riches. And so these people aren't giving according. They're giving just out of, but he says, he says this. He says, but she, this, this, this widow, this poor widow, she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Folks, listen. Tithing is a test. Tithing is a step of faith. It's like, and I, 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 I keep coming back to this illustration. You, it's, like, it's like having kids, right? Like I'm waiting to afford to have kids. If you wait till you can afford to have kids, you will never have kids because you can't afford them, right? Or you think you can't, right? You think you can't. <laughs> then you have another one. And you know what you wind up realizing? Like, you realize that you had the money all along. You were just using it for some other stuff, right? And, and you start using it on your kids, and you're not missing it, right? You're just like, these are my kids, and, and I want to bless them, and I want to take care of them, and I want them to have the things that they need. Listen, you'll never feel like you can afford to tithe until you start tithing. Because tithing is what breaks the curse, if we are robbing God, if we're not tithing, we're, we're going to say to ourselves, we don't understand how God can take 90 further than I can take 100. But you're living under the curse. You have voluntarily placed yourself under there. Tithing breaks the curse. Tithing allows God to come in and begin blessing and, and, and where, where he couldn't otherwise do it. And now we walk in obedience to him, and now he's able to, to redeem our finances and bless us in a way that maybe we couldn't have. And so I want to talk about that. Tithing is a blessing. That's our third point this morning. Tithing is a blessing. This is when we're going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 31. 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Now, before we read where we're going to read at, I want to give you a little bit of some background. 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Um, the, Israel is under... Um, some, some incredible uh, economic, uh, is in a deep economic recession, like they're in trouble. Uh, and, and Hezekiah is king, and, and he begins in chapter 29, he's reigning, and he cleanses the temple, and he restores temple worship, and he's reading God's word, and as he reads God's word, he discovers something. He discovers that this recession that they're living in is a curse because they've departed from God's word. So in, 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 in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 4, he says this, and he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests and the Levites 
that they might give themselves to the law of the Lord. So he says, I want you guys to bring your tithe. And we've neglected this. We've not done this. Bring the tithe to the church so that the Levites and the priests can devote themselves to the word of God and center of God and getting us back on the right track. And so uh, they, they bring it in. And, 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 uh, and, and, and it takes, the, the Bible says it takes like four months for them to gather all this stuff together. Now, understand this. Again, that if we aren't tithing, we are under the curse. And I'm not telling you this because we need your money. I'm telling you this because I don't want you to live under a curse. I want you to live under God's blessing. I want you to be a blessed people. And so it's about living under, uh, under you know, God's will and living, living for him and obeying him and him pouring out his, his spirit and his blessing over us. Now, so they are bringing this together. Now look at verse 5. As soon as the command was spread abroad, the people of Israel gave in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine and oil and honey and out of all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly uh, the tithe of everything. And the people of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities of Judah also brought in the tithe of cattle and sheep and the tithe of dedicated things that had been dedicated to the Lord their God and laid them in heaps. In the third month, they began to pile up the heaps and they finished them in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the priests came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. And Hezekiah questioned the priests. And the Levites about the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest, who was uh, of the house of Zadok, answered him, Since they began to bring the contributions into the house of the Lord, we have eaten and have had enough and have plenty left, for the Lord has blessed his people. Now let me just go back and explain what's going on. They're in trouble. Hezekiah reads God's word. It says that they should be tithing. They're not tithing. And he realizes that this recession is because of their failure to do what God had called them to do. They were living under a curse. So he sends the command out to all the people, bring your tithes into the, into the church. Bring your, house, your, your tithes into God's house. So they bring him in. And Hezekiah comes in and he wants to know... The season of harvest has happened, and it was the season of harvest, third month of the seventh month, four months, they're bringing all this stuff together. And they walk in, Hezekiah's looking around, there's heaps everywhere. And like any good king, he says, well, well, you know, uh, 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 how are the people doing? I see all this stuff. And the priest says, man, he says, listen, God has blessed. He said, you think this is a lot. This is just the, the tie. This is just the 10%. He said, you want to see heaps? Go look at the 90 of the people. He said, God has opened up the, the storehouses and God has blessed and things are good. He says, we've got plenty to eat and plenty left over like God has just blessed as we have returned back to him. Listen, doing things God's way works. It works. And so I want to I close with this illustration. Luke, stand up. Luke's just going to be our, our guy. Luke, Larry, I need one more. Drew, stand up. Okay, so I want you to understand something. Luke, and we got two. Larry, you, Larry, sit down. That way we're not confusing you. Love this, Larry, Larry Stofield. So Larry and Luke and Drew, okay, are, I, I'm going away. I'm going to leave, and I want to make sure my wife's taken care of. 
And so I, I choose Larry and Luke and Drew, and I say, guys, I'm going to give you $10,000 a month, okay? And I want you to send 1000 of that a month to my wife. I want you to take care of her. I want to make sure she has what she needs. And all three of you guys say, well, yeah, I'll do that. And so I'm, I'm sending, I'm off, and I'm off months. And I, 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 one night, I'm talking to my wife, and we're small talking, chit-chatting about how the kids are doing. And it dawns on me, like, hey, I've been paying, sending these guys this money. I don't even see what they're doing with it. So I, I, I say, Ashley, I'm like, hey, they were you doing okay you know, with money? Do I need to send anything else? Do I need to do anything else? And, she, and, and she's, I said, how the, the guy's been giving you the money they're supposed to be given. And she says, well, you know, um, Larry, Larry last month, he, he, he's been sending me a check for $1,000 every month. Um, uh, Luke, Luke's been, send, Luke's been sending me $2,000 a month. Uh, and <laughs> he said, and she says, well, Drew, Drew sent me $1,000 the first month. The second month, he sent me $700. The third month, he sent me, don't, this isn't of anything about their character, it's an illustration, okay? <laughs> the third month, he sends me 300 bucks, and it's the fourth month, and I've gotten my checks from, from, from Larry and, and Luke, but I haven't gotten anything back from, I haven't gotten anything yet from Drew. Now, let me ask you a question. How am I going to respond to that? Who am I probably not going to send any, think about this. Each of these guys, the agreement was, you keep $9,000 and you send 1000 to my wife, right? That's the agreement. Larry, he's giving his 1000 And Luke, he's just feeling generous, so he starts giving too. Drew, starts, his giving starts dwindling. What do you think I'm going to do? Am I going to keep sending Drew some money? What am I going to do? Probably going to take what was his and I'm going to send it to these two, aren't I? I'm going to take what he had, and I'm going to send it to these two. I want you to understand something. That's my wife, right? I want her taken care of. Who does the Bible tell us is Christ's bride? The church. Us. And you know what? You guys can sit down. Thanks for being good sports. Drew, it was no, let me just say, let it be stated, this is not an indication of the character of Drew, okay? But do you understand that this is kind of personal to God? Like, this isn't one of those things like, well, let's see, how can I stick it to my people just one more way? This is God saying, listen, I want you to place me first in all things. I want to bless and redeem all things. But folks, listen, if I'm going to do, listen, my folks, if you want me to bless you, it's God saying, if you want me to bless you, you got to do things my way. We can't expect, expect God. It's true in every area. I can't expect God to bless my marriage if I'm not trying to honor God in my marriage. I can't ask God to bless my family if I'm not trying to lead my family in honoring God. I can't ask God to bless my life if I'm not willing to give my life to him and allow him to, to, to direct it. If I'm not doing my own thing and I'm asking God to bless my own plans, I, he's not gonna, he won't bless that. This is incredibly personal to, to, to God because God gave us his first and God gave us his best. 
when he sent Jesus to die for us. That's what he gave us. He did not spare any expense for you and for me. And he doesn't come to us and say, listen, I want you to give 90%. And you, and you somehow determined to survive on the 10. He says, listen, I want a portion. I want a tithe. I want a tenth. And let it be a test. Do you trust that I can do? Let me ask you this question this morning as we kind of wrap up. How many of you this morning believe that we serve a God who can do anything at all? He can do anything at all. I'm not saying you don't have questions why he doesn't do things sometimes, but I believe God can do anything. I believe God can work any miracle. Any miracle at all. That's the God that we serve. He can do anything he wants to, and he is not limited by what I would ask him to do. He can do way more than even I think he can. And if I believe that about him, listen, what we talk about in our bold series, that, that our belief, what we believe determines how we behave, how we live. And if I believe God can do that, then I believe God can take with his blessing that 90% and do way more with it than I can do with 100%. And I trust him and I believe him in, in his word. He says, put me to the test. And see if I won't, what's he saying in Malachi? See if I won't open up the, the storehouses of heaven. And listen, I want our people to be blessed. I want them to live in the knowledge that one, they're, they're, they're doing things the way God wants them to do them. And you know what, I'll say this. If God never touches my checking account, I am still far more blessed than I deserve. Amen? Aren't we? That if he chooses never to, 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 to bless that, that I just have to begin budgeting and, and sacrificing to make this happen. If he never touches, I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying, if he never does, are we not the most blessed people on earth to have a God who loves us and gave his son for us that we could have a relationship with him, that we could know the truth and that the truth would set us free? That we can know not just this curse, we can know the curse of sin and what we can do to, over, to, to, to be delivered from that curse and placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We are a blessed people. And if God asks of us to, to, to give and to provide and to meet needs, then, 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 he, then he's worthy of that. Amen? He's worthy of that. I think it's interesting as we read this, this Hezekiah thing, you know, even Hezekiah gave. It wasn't like he just commanded the people to do it. Hezekiah gave. And, and, and look how God blessed the people as they returned to the Lord. And you know what, for us, maybe, maybe today it's not so much about the giving. Maybe today it's about our hearts and where my heart is. And if my heart, and, and sometimes if we want to know where our heart is, all we have to do is slip open that checkbook. Or flip open internet or, or click on the internet banking tab and find out where our money's going because, folks, where your treasure is being placed, there your heart is as well. Your heart will follow where we send it. So I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not concerned. I'm, I'm concerned about what's going on in here. And I want what's going on here to be keeping God first, to be making Him first in all things. 
so that you can live in the presence of the Lord, that you can know his peace that passes all understanding, so that we can know what it's like. So when there's opportunity for testimonies to happen, we can say, you know what? God is good. Let me just share a few of the ways that he is because we're living in that. We're placing him first in every area of our life. And the first, the first thing we do, and I, I don't misunderstand this, you want things to be right with God in your life, the first thing you do is not whip out your checkbook. The first thing you do is open up your heart and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's what we do first. All this other stuff, it, it, it comes. It comes. God changes our heart just like he changed Zacchaeus' heart. He will change our heart. So some of us, that first step may be that we need to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. For others of us, it may be like, if we just be honest, Lord, it, it hurts here when I pull this thing out to write that check, and I don't want it to anymore. I want to be able to give with a joyful and glad heart as you, as you call me to. And so, God, I pray that you change things in here. And that, Father, you would help me to understand that you are everything in life and that everything I have is a gift from you. Would you stand with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we...